from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Creating a dynamic plan that can be changed to meet the current conditions and being aware of soft and hard trends are two areas that can allow credit unions to be prepared and successful in the future. I'm Jennifer Plager, Managing Editor with CUNA News. I recently spoke with Daniel Burris, technology forecaster, disruptive innovation expert, and best-selling author. He spoke about the importance of planning, trends he believes will impact the future, what steps credit unions need to take to position themselves for success in the future, and more. Daniel, what are the components of a successful plan that will guide organizations as we go forward? Every company, regardless of their size, that has experienced massive disruption, that has experienced a major downturn, that experienced financial difficulties, they all had a plan. So it isn't just having a plan. Let's face it, hey, we all have plans. The key is that you want to have not just a static plan, you want a dynamic plan. Now, here's what I mean by that. A static plan is where you have a plan that is maybe a two or a three or four year plan and it's fixed and you spend that time then executing the plan. The problem is technology is moving at an exponential rate causing disruption upon disruption and the world can completely change on you. Your industry can be completely disrupted while you're in the middle of executing a plan that has now been rendered obsolete. So what we have to do now is have dynamic planning which means that the plan is fluid, it's in motion. Uh, we can't uh, you know, look at the trends that are taking place once every three or four or five years and do our planning. We need to do, do that even more than once a year. So that's number one. Number two, we live in an uncertain world. And in an uncertain world, it seems everything is uncertain. And strategy based on uncertainty has high risk. On the other hand, strategy based on certainty has low risk and high reward. So in an uncertain world, you have to ask yourself, what am I certain of? And one of the things that I've done is develop a science that is being used. It's a methodology being used by the Pentagon. It's being used by major corporations. It's being used by smaller companies and even by credit unions right now. And that is taking all trends and dividing them into one of two categories. Now again, any trend, no matter what it is, it'll fit into one of two categories. They're either a hard trend that is based on what I call a future fact, meaning it will happen and it cannot be changed, or it is a soft trend based on an assumption that may or may not happen. And the risk level is very different when it comes to innovation and growth, when you look at those two. And by the way, I love both. So without giving you a whole dissertation on this, which I could easily do, let me just give you a quick nutshell of that. A hard trend. What's an example? Baby boomers. Chronologically, they will get older. All right. That's a hard trend. By the way, we could predict a lot of problems they'll have as they get older and just let them happen, or we could pre-solve them. See, one of the advantages of a hard trend is you can see disruptions before they disrupt. And for any of the people listening to this that have read any of my uh, six books that uh, thankfully have been bestsellers, or have read any of my literally over a thousand articles that I've had published, know I have, have a track record of being right about where technological-driven change is going. 
And how do I do that? Oh, I leave out the parts I can be wrong about. So instead of looking at what you're uncertain about, which seems to be everything, start looking at what you can be certain about. So one of the hard trend categories is demographics. And that covers a wide range of things. The second category is technology, because technology turns the impossible into the possible. We're doing things today that was impossible just two years ago. By the way, two years from now, we'll do things that are impossible today. Be good to build a little of that into our plans. And third is regulation, because regulations tend to change the game. So those three are the categories of hard trends And when it comes to hard trends, it lets you see two things. One, disruptions before they disrupt. As I said earlier, I've been right about that, and I want credit union leaders to be right about that, too, in their planning from now on. You can see disruptions before they disrupt, churning disruption into a choice. Because are you destined to be disrupted? Well, no, not if you're paying attention. But you surely will be if you're too busy executing and not keeping an eye out if you have a static plan versus a dynamic plan. Secondly, it lets you see problems before you have them so you can pre-solve them. I mean, how many people have said, I knew that would happen, and my response is, then why did you let it? So what we really want to do is take a look at what do we see? What are we certain about? That's where hard trends come in. Now, let's talk for a minute about soft trends. Soft trends are based on assumptions that may or may not happen. And by the way, I love soft trends as well because if you don't like a soft trend, you can change it. So right now in your growth strategy, uh, you might be thinking, well, at this point in time, with inflation doing what it's doing, with the war in Ukraine, with all of the things that are going on right now, supply chain issues, divisions we have politically in this country, and all the stuff that's going on, it, uh, it would be hard to find anything solid to count on. And the answer is, well, actually, that is not true at all. There are cycles, and economists use cycles for planning, For example, there are weather cycles, there were business cycles, there are sales cycles. There's over 500 known cycles. The stock market is a cycle. When it's going up, will it go up forever? No, it'll go down. And will it go down forever? No, it'll go back up again. And inflation will increase. By the way, it will increase forever. No, it'll start to decrease. And by the way, will it eventually start going up again? Yeah, these are cycles. And by the way, we use cycles to our advantage, don't we? For example, if there's a sales cycle... I like to have the sale completed before the cycle begins. In other words, we can use these cycles to our advantage. The problem is there's another kind of change, and that is now what I would call permanent slash linear slash exponential change. For example, once you get a smartphone, you're not going back to a dumb phone. That's not a cycle. So we have to realize change is occurring both in these exponential, permanent, slash, linear ways, meaning they're not a cycle, and in cyclical ways. And that's where hard trends and soft trends can really help. You talked about dynamic versus static planning. If we back up to when COVID hit, that sounds like it was a really good opportunity to have a dynamic plan in place. A lot of the organizations that I work with, and I work globally with many different companies, those that had dynamic plans and that we're working on separating hard trends from soft trends, when the pandemic struck, they were positioned to thrive from the things that were taking place. Again, you can't see everything, you can't predict everything, but you can predict quite a bit. For example, they were already in the cloud. 
because they knew that was a hard trend. They already were using virtualized services. Why? They knew that was a hard trend. They were already using mobility. They knew that was a hard trend. They were already using demographics and marketing differently to the different demographic categories. Because if you're marketing, for example, uh, a credit union and why you should continue to use it and be more engaged with it, to a, a baby boomer is quite different than a Gen Xer. But we tend to have a one-size-fits-all when it comes to a lot of our marketing. But those that understood, oh, no, 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 demographics is really an unbelievable bonanza for us. Uh, so, yes, you can weather the storms of even a, a pandemic. And also realize that um, when something bad happens, something good also happens. By the way, when something good happens, something bad also happens. You should be aware of that, too. Uh, so it's good to look at both sides of that. Daniel, you talked about trends. What are some of the big trends or factors that you think are going to come into play and impact our future going forward? We all know that things like AI and machine learning, uh, they're not a fad. They're not a here today, gone tomorrow. Matter of fact, they're growing at a predictable exponential rate that will continue. So if someone is saying, well, I don't like AI, let's just stop it. Uh, you're going to have trouble because, remember, a hard trend is based on a future fact that will happen and continue. So it's been quite measurable. For example, in 1983, I put out my list of the 20 core technologies that is shaping the future. And AI was one of those. By the way, so is solar, photovoltaics. So is genetic engineering. So is the digital. You know, if you look at that list of 20, it's alive and well today. But remember, in exponential it was starting out slowly in the 80s and 90s, getting more and more fast and faster and faster until now we're in the holy cow phase where things are happening really fast. So here's what I want us to understand. We're no longer in a period of change. We're now in a period of true transformation and change and transformation are very different things. First of all, on a basic but powerful level, change always comes from the outside in forcing you to react, crisis manage, put out fires. Transformation, whether it's personal transformation or business transformation, always comes from the inside out. And I really like that because that gives me some control. You see, I don't want to be just a crisis manager reacting to all of the changes that are taking place. I want to use hard trends as well as soft trends to see some of those changes taking place and to see what I can act on. Let me give you an example of a soft trend very quickly. In the United States, healthcare costs have been rising for a long time, for well over a decade. It's been going up, 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 up. By the way, that's a trend. Now, is that a hard trend or a soft trend? And actually, it seems to be hard because it's been happening for so long, but it is not a future fact. It could be changed. It's a soft trend. Now, if you think it's a hard trend, you don't try to change it. All you do is try to figure out how you're going to pay for the mess that the baby boomers will create as they get older. But if you realize it's a soft trend, and we could use blockchain, for example, in healthcare to bring transparency, security, and more competition, uh, you could lower cost. If we redefined and reinvented the supply chain uh, using, matter of fact, we'll turn the supply chain into the supply brain, Using AI and IoT and some of the tools that are available today, you could actually lower the costs of healthcare. So 
knowing, again, the hard from the soft is really important. So as I said, the biggest shift I want us to understand is that if you're only changing a process, a product, a service for our members, you're actually falling behind every year. Sorry, we're no longer in change. You need to be truly transforming it, which means not just adding staff and increasing the marketing budget. Uh, That's change, by the way. Transformation is going from a BlackBerry to an iPhone, right? Transformation is, uh, you know, using GPS and no longer having a map. Uh, Transformation is being able to buy anything you want from anywhere you want. Uh, You know, those are the things that are changing our lives, and we're just beginning that. And by the way, let me just say right now, I'm really excited for credit unions. I really am, because it's about people helping people. We don't have customers. Heck, we have members. And I believe if we, in our strategic plans, are using these transformational tools to truly transform, we will be able to serve our members in ways that are currently, right now, impossible within two years, because... There is more opportunity right now to not just change, but to transform every business process, every product, every service that we have. But we need to not be too busy. And there is my biggest worry I'm going to put out right now for everyone to listen to. My biggest worry is you're all busy. By the way, why didn't a taxi driver think of Uber? Why didn't Marriott think of Airbnb? And the answer is they were always, they were so busy doing what they've always done. Today you can busy yourself right out of business, and let's face it, you who are listening to this right now are busy, and so are your people. But you don't want to just be busy. You want to be strategic as well. So here's what I'd like you to do. All right, let me give you an action. I would like you to spend one hour a week, because that's doable. One hour a week, and by the way, you need to put it in your calendar as an appointment. If you don't, you're going to be crisis managing. But this isn't about crisis managing. This is about opportunity managing. So in that hour that you're going to devote to unplugging from the present and plugging into your future, after all, that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. You ought to think about it. And in that hour, instead of looking at all the things you're uncertain about, I want you to make a list of all the things you are certain about, all those hard trends that are shaping the future and the related opportunity because you have to have an opportunity attached to it to burst it into actionable life. Take a list of what are some of those soft trends that you don't like, that are not future facts, and what is your strategy to turn them into an advantage to make them better? And you'll make a list. Instead of a list of things I can't do, I want a list of things I can do. Because you might say, well, we're regulated, we're credit unions, there's all this stuff we can't do. Well, a list of things I can't do is like a list of things of uncertainty. I want a list of things I can do. I want a list of things I am certain about, and you'll get that list, and then I'd like you to boil that list of opportunities down to one or two must-dos. Because could-dos, I'll never get around to that. There's a lot of things you should do, and you're too busy for that. One or two must-dos that you've determined is a must-do, because the cost of not doing it is greater than the cost of doing it. Why? Because if it's based on a hard trend, if you don't do it, someone else will. Because it's going to happen. In addition to figuring out a list of must-dos and adopting a transformation mindset, what else do credit unions need to do to position themselves to be successful in the future? Well, to be successful in the future, we need to focus on not just changing, but transforming the member experience. 
And one of the ways of doing that is by putting digital up front. Because we live in a human world and a technical world, it is all about relationships, isn't it? But I can enhance and extend relationships with technology, or I can destroy them with technology. It's not the tool, it's how you use it. I know people that can pick up a telephone, whether it's a smartphone or a dumb phone, and they can make a call and they can make a million dollars. I know people that can pick up the same exact brand phone and make a call and lose a million dollars. The difference isn't the phone. It isn't how smart it is. It's what you said. It's how we applied it. So one of the things I love about, again, credit unions is that they're focused on people, on members, and their mission and vision statements are fantastic. By the way, you have a mission statement and a vision statement. You know what I'd like you to also have? I would like you to have an impact statement. What is the impact you will have? And when you're applying a new technology, what's your impact statement for that application? Because often we're using measurements of, you know, how much revenue are we creating? How many new members are we getting in? Yes. What is the impact you're having on people? And measure it. And you'll see that to be quite powerful. My number one certainty as I look to the future is the future is all about relationships. And there are good relationships and bad relationships. And good relationships are based on trust. And trust is earned through honesty, integrity, delivering on promises. And you never want to teach people to distrust you because it's really hard to get that trust back. And I believe that credit unions already have an amazing amount of trust with their members. And we need to make sure that we are not moving that down or lowering it as we implement new tools and new processes and new technologies. So one of the reasons that I want us to be anticipatory credit unions versus reactionary credit unions is I want us to not just use hard trends to anticipate and soft trends to anticipate and work off of that. I want us to be able to ask ourselves when we're implementing anything new before implementing it. Ask ourselves, if we implement this new, whether it's a process or a service or whatever it might be, if we're imp implementing it in this way, what will happen to trust? And if you think, well, trust will go down, then don't implement it in that way. Now, we didn't say don't implement it, period. The key is in that way. Change how you implement it so that trust where it stays where it is. And by the way, if you can raise the bar on trust, you will be doing really well because the future is all about relationships. So I think trust is something we already have. We don't want to lose it. Instead, we want to elevate trust wherever possible. So you're saying in general, think about the products and services, but also remember that actual member who you're serving and how you're impacting them. Right, right. Because the member experience can be truly transformed when we take our physical presence because we'll still have our physical presence, our physical credit unions, but we need to have a equally compelling digital presence that is combined so the member does not feel that uh, they're out of sync with each other. Uh, you might think of this as uh, omni-channel marketing or omni-channel services, but I want us to transform what omni-channel means using AI and blockchain and all these new tools that we have. As credit unions are planning for the future and figuring out how they're going to approach it, what kind of challenges could they encounter? What could make this difficult? The biggest challenges credit unions will face is, number one, being too busy trying to keep up. Uh, and once again, what I want us to do is to also be strategic. 
also be future-focused, not just present or past-focused, to be transformative, not just putting in changes. Secondly, I want us to not have the wait-and-see attitude because we're conservative, like uh, all the financial services industries are conservative. But one of the reasons we're conservative is we want to make sure something's going to work. That's where hard trends come in really well because they're based on certainty. It gives you the confidence to make bold moves when you're certain about something. So that's one of the beauties of separating trends from hard trends from soft trends. Um, Third is uh, the legacy thinking. See, we have a lot of legacy technology, and, you know, that doesn't worry me as much as legacy thinking. Uh, And that is... We know why we're successful. We've got all these success principles that we've been applying for a long time, and we're currently successful. By the way, I really worry about that because the world is changing. We're in transformative times. Everything's being disrupted. And you know what I'd like you to do? I would like you to disrupt yourself before someone does it for you. Um, We are going to find that you're either going to be in this new world, the disruptor or the disrupted There is no in-between. And what I would like all of us in all of the world of credit unions is to become what I would call a positive disruptor. All right, now what is that? Well, most of us see disruption as negative. Why? Because it happens to you, and now you have to change. But I would like you to think about Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon. Does he hate disruption? No, it's all the people who's disrupting that don't like it. Well, you can do that, regardless of your size. Uh, we have these tools, we have these trends, these hard trends. We, uh, we're in a transformative time, and there's more opportunity for us now than ever before, as long as we're not too busy protecting and defending the status quo. Instead, I want you to embrace and extend. Embrace the new changes rather than fear them, because they're going to happen anyway, and fear is lack of understanding. And extend their use. To do what? To empower our members as we've never had before, to serve the underserved as we've never had before, to use data analytics to look at all these things that are taking place in, uh, in the tech world, whether they're blockchain or even cryptocurrency or digital currency, which are two different things. And I won't get into that right now, but to use all of these things and look at how can we make things better with them? How can we elevate? It's one other thing, you're either going to be more relevant or less relevant. There is no middle. So what are you doing to increase your relevancy based on the hard trends that are shaping the future? From your standpoint, Daniel, what do you think the credit union is going to look like in five or 10 years? The credit union five or 10 years from now will be true to serving members, not having customers. It's a totally different mindset. True to people helping people because we live in a technical world. I don't know. We live in a human world. And when people can help people, it's powerful. The credit unions of the future that are successful, and I think we can all be successful if we are not just cooperating, but we're truly collaborating. Because cooperating, you do it because you have to. Collaboration, you do because you want to. Cooperation is based on scarcity. I have to work with you. Collaboration is based on how can we work together to create a bigger pie. And wherever credit unions help each other, which is one of the things I love about the credit union movement, We do it through not cooperation, collaboration. Secondly, we are great at not just informing, we are great at communicating because those are two very different things. 
And I mean, I sent you the PDF, I sent you the document. Of course, I don't know if you agree with it. I don't know if you're taking action on it. That's informing. But when we communicate, when we engage, wow, then we can get things done. When we're not just focused on imitation, but we realize that even as a financial service organization, we can be innovative, we can be transformative when we are using those tools that we know are game-changing. And by the way, to reduce our risk, why not look outside of our industry, outside of the whole world of financial services, outside of banks and everything, and outside of credit unions to see how some of these new tools are being used by other industries They've done the bleeding. They've done all of the stuff to get it working fine and then bring that in to credit unions with low risk. Another great strategy, and that we will be doing. So the credit union of the future, as I look forward, is serving people far better. We're using data and data analytics to solve problems because almost every problem can be solved with data. And by the way, we've learned how to separate the bad data from the good data because there's a lot of bad data. And if AI is learning from a mix of bad, good, and irrelevant data, you're not going to have good AI. So we're going to be doing a lot of data auditing in real time as we go forward. So I'm extremely excited about what credit unions will look like three, four, five years from now, because I know, having read your past publications and being aware of what's going on in the credit union world, as well as all the other industries I serve, you've got a lot of innovation going on right now with major technologies. And we are starting to share with others. And I think it's not just the big ones that are doing some innovating, so are the small ones. I think we're going to be doing it really well. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.